It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. It's time for the BallQuest Mailbag Podcast, answering your questions from the General's Quarters every week, right here on BallQuest. Good Thursday morning, everybody. Happy game day, and welcome to the BallQuest Mailbag Podcast. It's brought to you by Exterior Home Solutions. You can give them a call for a free estimate today at 865-524-5888, or visit them online, exteriorhomesolutions.com. I'm Eric Kane. That is Austin Price, Grant Ramey up in the Big Apple, and then Brent Hubs out in Corrington. Pretty much the same thing there. <laughs> that was great. Thank you. Thank you. I'm over here in the hood. And of course, Austin's out there with the, you know, the Harden Valley, the West Knoxville folk. Um, got a lot of questions to get into. Got a whole lot going on. What's up, Grant? How's New York so far? I was doing the, the pinky up for the for the West Knoxville folks when they're the pinky up. Yeah, that, that is the prices. Uh, got a lot going on today. Obviously, Tennessee in the Sweet 16 taking on FAU later tonight. It's going to be a 9 o'clock. If you win this one, you go on to the program's second ever Elite Eight. Spring football is happening right now. Uh, a couple of practices in the in the book already. We've got another one coming up later this morning. So, a lot going on. Let's go ahead and dive into it. WH Vol says, score predictions for Tennessee and FAU. Grant, if you want to start us off. Uh, I think Ken Palm has this a four-point game, I think, for Tennessee. So, I think, you know, Sweet 16, um, Tennessee should win this game in theory. But as soon as you start thinking that this time of year, uh, trouble seems to happen. But I, w- I would take Tennessee by, you know, six or eight, something like that. I'll go yeah. 60 to 52. Yeah, I mean, it might come down to stretching out with some free throws late. But I think this one's going to be in the last four minutes is going to be a possession. I think it's a tough matchup. Uh, just because Grant has spread the floor out, they do some things that can potentially give Tennessee some problems because they're a little bit non-traditional, a um, little bit positionless, right? And, and we've seen straight line drives give this team some difficulty. They're coming for you, Grant. The New York is coming through the pod right now. Hey, listen, I'm on the I'm on the 24th floor, and apparently there's some guy. Uh, we're on 28th Street. There's a guy on 50th Street. Apparently, he's like an FBI suspect, and he's got himself barricaded, and he's threatening to jump. And it's it's uh, I don't know. There's there's sirens everywhere. So now why are you not out there covering this? Well, I, uh, I didn't think I could get him on the pod. I didn't think I could get close enough. So here we go. <laughs> Well, T's and P's, but I'll obviously. I'll save his life if he can talk to Eric Kane. No joke. Grant, it sounds like a whole regiment's coming in to come after him in the manhunt you got going on up there. Listen, I, I was listening to the uh, the podcast the other day, and I heard a Siler City reference. Siler <laughs> City. That's a deep cut. They don't, they don't roll up the sidewalk at 8 o'clock in Siler City. There you go. More football or basketball commitments in March, or will it be a tie? Oh man, you know, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go. I, I thought March was gonna be a big month, but it just doesn't feel like it's gonna materialize. Here we are, you know, you know, 
less than, you know, 10 days left. And I'm going to go with February is going to end up having more. And, and if you'd asked me that as we entered February, I would have told you you're crazy, but there's just a bunch of kids that want to take visits. And, you know, I'm not saying you can't get one before the end of the month, but to think that you're going to get two uh, in the next, uh, you know, nine days, I just don't see it. Just don't see it. Grant, what do you think basketball, basketball. is? Basketball-wise, Duke Harris is scheduled to do something relatively soon. Uh, Rob's been all over that one. I think he thinks the balls feel good about that one, but Wake Forest is going to try to make a late push there. Uh, Amon now is the uh, point guard, uh, four-star point guard. He's in Philadelphia. Uh, he's from Germantown, Tennessee. Tennessee feels really good about him. They've had him on an official visit. Tennessee's the only official visit he's taken. I don't think he has a timeline kind of, you know, in a store or in mind or whatever, but I think they feel good there, but it's, I think it's just a kind of a waiting game on Drew Harris right now, and then uh, see what Amon now does at some point. Let's go away from the uh, from the field and the uh, the basketball courts. Hitter wants to know most annoying television character: Beth Dutton from Yellowstone, AJ Soprano from The Sopranos, or Jesse Pinkman from Breaking Bad. Has anybody seen Breaking Bad? I have, of course. Okay, I'm so you. Can I don't think Jesse's. That. I thought Jesse was a good character. I didn't think Jesse was an annoying character. AJ Soprano is one of the most annoying characters in the history of television, and one of the most head scratching. Uh, you know, on my in my opinion, the best television show ever made, The Sopranos. He was probably the, the worst character, the most annoying. So I'd have to be, definitely go AJ. I also haven't seen the first second of Yellowstone. I, I will go AJ, but Beth Dutton is an enigma because peak Beth Dutton, I think she's fabulous. And then there are other times where I think she's trash. So like, I mean, like it's, it's like, it, it depends, you know, it's kind of like that, that home run that, or that hitter in baseball that either hits a home run or strikes out. Like there's no kind of middle ground. That's what it is with Beth Dutton, but I'll go AJ. Also, sometimes the longer a series goes, the, the worse they can rot a character off yeah. season after season. So it's unfortunate. And if we're talking breaking bad, if we're talking Breaking Bad, the annoying character is Skyler, uh, Skyler Wise. So I would I would go that way instead of Jesse. All right, let's go to Nashville six one five. Compare your view of the uh, below former players with this from the spring of twenty twenty two to the transfers or newcomers of twenty twenty three. This is kind of fun. We'll just kind of go around the room. Um, Keenan Peely versus Jeremy Banks. Like not necessarily who's better, but kind of the feel there at that position. Well, I think from a maturity standpoint, you would definitely go Keenan Peely, just more grounded. And that's not like a slap at Jeremy. I mean, the Keenan Peely's married. You know, I mean, he's thinking about people other than himself. It's just that you're in a different spot in life. Athleticism, you'll go Jeremy Banks. Uh, thumper in the middle, you know, if somebody's trying to run between the tackles hubs, don't you think you're taking Keenan Peely? He's just more fit to do it. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've seen Keenan Peely run around. In, in shorts and, and a helmet. I mean, that, you know, I, it looks like everything is what you want it to look like, but sure. is he fast enough? Does his speed translate into the SEC? Jeremy Banks, when Jeremy Banks is locked in, Jeremy Banks is fast, and, and he's, you know, obviously can play in this league. Peely's certainly bigger, but I think the biggest difference is you know what you're going to get every day from Keenan Peely, and you just didn't know what you were going to get every day with Jeremy Banks. And you and you didn't bring in Keenan Peely to be Jeremy Banks. You brought him in to be what you guys are talking about: the, the maturity, the consistency, the guy that can help you at the position, not the guy that you're just getting here for his athletic ability and his ability to run sideline to sideline. Just a guy that you can count on that can help you in the middle of your defense. 
Yeah, you're exactly right. And he's the bridge for a bunch of young players, which you need a mature guy to help you be that bridge. You're, it's a great point. Uh, let's go John Campbell, Darnell Wright, which I don't think is really even fair at this point. No, it's not. It, it, totally different bodies, totally different athleticism. You know, you're just hoping you're just hoping John Campbell can kind of hold down one side of the offensive line, yeah. and, and nothing more, nothing less. I'm not. He don't have to be all world. Um, you just want him to be consistent over there. They got you know, flip it to the other side away from Darnell Wright last year. Hubs they had no consistency there. Like it was a revolving door, and, and you, JJ Crawford would play really really well, and then all of a sudden would you know be nowhere to be found. Then Gerald Mincy would start a game and then, you know, would struggle and have to bring J.J. Crawford in. Like, you just want John Campbell to be consistent. That's the best, I guess, I, the best way to describe what you're looking for because Darnell Wright was super consistent. Well, and, and was super durable. That's yeah. the other thing, too, that's that's not talked about. I mean, Darnell Wright played a 1,000 snaps the last two years or something crazy like that. So the durability factor is something that has to go in there regardless of talent. You know, Campbell, they need Campbell to be durable. Um, and, and that's that's what you hope you get from a similarity standpoint to Darnell Wright. And it's almost an unfair comparison to put anybody up against Darnell right now because of what he gave you the last two years and, and consistently the way he produced at such a high level. Here's a good one. Uh, Dante Thornton right now versus Jalen Hyatt this time last year. I mean, that that's pretty it's pretty evenly matched if you kind of look at it, right? I, I think so. That, for his production, about the same. Yeah, and yeah. Not, not much difference between the two. Um, so I, I think that's kind. Of, if you're looking last year versus now, I think it's kind of a push. Let's go, McAllen Castles, Princeton Fant. Just a lot of unknowns about McAllen Castles and Princeton Fant. I mean, he really blossomed there this this last year. I mean, he played a lot, but he didn't really do an awful lot before last year. If you're talking pure production hubs, it's McAllen Castles before going back to this point last year. Now, Castles is playing in a smaller league against lesser competition. So, had you put Princeton Fant out at UC Davis, what kind of numbers does he put up out there? Like, I, I, so I think it's kind of hard to really kind of weight them. I think it's a little easier with the kind of Jalen Hyatt, Dante Thornton comparison because they're playing both Power 5 football. Um, but I think, you know, with this one, it's probably just a little bit tougher. Well, and, and Grant, I, the, the versatility that Princeton Fant played with, we just have no idea if Castles can play with that kind of versatility. I, I, I think Princeton Fant's going to be missed more than anybody ever dreamed he would be missed in this program. I'm not saying you can't replace him, but the value he brought was just kind of not really talked about a whole lot. But what he did for this team last year was was pretty impressive in terms of the different ways he helped. Can you uh, can you line up McCallan at fullback on the one-yard line and uh... – He's going to give you a touchdown. Or uh, what's it look like when you ask McCallum to uncork a 55-yard touchdown against UT Martin in November or whatever it was? So, that yeah, that's the versatility that came to mind. Uh, you, 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 they lined him up everywhere, Princeton fan. They asked him to do a little bit of everything. He did a little bit of everything. If he, can I, stay, if he can stay healthy, Princeton fan's going to play in the National Football League. Maybe not right away, but I think he's a practice squad guy who's going to have a chance to be a third tight end for somebody in the National Football League. I mean, look at Jason Kroom. Jason Kroom hung around for how long? I mean, Jakob Johnson's still in the league. There you go. You know, it's about uh, – you think, you, think you think the San Francisco 49ers couldn't find a way to use Princeton Fant all over the field in that offense as versatile as they are with uh, the way they use different guys in different ways? Yep. 
I don't think anybody will be Princeton fan next year on this team. I mean, they'll have to be another tight end, but sure, there'll be an H-back, but asking him to do all those type of stuff, the roles, he'll line up at tailback sometimes. I don't see anybody being exactly him, but doesn't mean that somebody can't in the future, for sure. Uh, last one on this I, I, I want to bring up is Omar Norman Lott and Latrell Bumpus, and I think this one's interesting because Bumpus has played an awful lot, but gosh, even this time last year, he was out with knee injuries, and he was just so banged up. I think just from a pure health standpoint, you're probably getting an upgrade a little bit, even though Latrell Bumpus gave you a lot of good snaps last year. Yeah, I, I would go with, you know, just again, this time last year. I, I'm judging on this time last year. I would tell you Omar Norman a lot just because at this time last year, Bumpus had not been able to stay healthy enough to have any kind of consistent production. But he had a great senior year, man. And, yeah, and he it, did. Is, is as likable of a kid as that's ever passed through the doors. Yeah, I mean, there's at one point last spring you thought he might lose the year because of the knee injury that, yeah. that he suffered. So, yeah, I mean, from a health standpoint, clearly, you know, Norman Lott. And, and Norman Lott's <laughs> – his first two days on the practice field has been welcome to the Rodney Garner Club, um, as, one, as one would expect. So what's his adjustment look like here the next 13 days in terms of, of understanding expectations and all that they do? Will be interesting to watch, but you're right. The trail bumpers will go down as one of the all time favorites. Really good guy. Tennessee meant the world to him, and um, he gave it everything he could his senior year and had his best year last year, which was great to see. All right, so is the uh, this is from uh, 10 Vols from with the staff looking to try to figure out who's going where and starters in the secondary. What about Danico Slaughter? Um, first two days of practice, he's out there at cornerback. Um, could he be maybe a star player moving around? They put Charles back at safety. What do you look about Danico Slaughter here this spring practice, Brent? I'd leave him at corner yep. first. I, now I don't know if I don't know if Danico will will completely buy into that. I think it's the, the the simplest position where he can just play with his athletic ability, you know, and and just kind of go and cut it loose. And I think that's when he's at his best. It is a guy who's just. You know, you're just lining up and playing. You're playing a set coverage, and and you kind of roll that way. And, and I think that he's got the length and has shown he's got the ability. Um, I think he can be a really good corner in this league. I don't know about elite or anything like that, but I would leave him at corner. He was your best corner at the end of the last year. It wasn't close. And to me, he brings back what you're looking for from a, phys from a physical standpoint at that position. So I would leave him there. Not as long as Alante, obviously, but – has the physical nature. You know, Alante played really physical, was really good and run support. I, I think he can be that kind of player. Again, not as long. Um, you know, and again, he had such a small sample size last year. You know, if he buys in, as Hubs is talking about, you know, how good can he be there? Because I don't think it's something he's ever put a whole lot of time into outside of necessity. And, and I feel like all the time when we talk about Danico Slaughter, guys, when we spoke to him after the Kentucky game where he went off, it was almost like he just kind of met with the media like, hey, I'm just helping out right here. Like, this is my spot. Like, once we get healthy, I'm going to go back to safety. And so, like, I feel like we're – it's almost like we're, we're talking down on him because it's like he's not buying in. I just feel like at that point in time, he was just like, I'm just here to help. But I think he's there to stay. Well, what he should realize is before they moved him there to help, he was the third-team safety who wasn't playing. Yep. And so there's a reason he wasn't playing. I mean – I get, listen, they were they were loyal to those two veterans. We know that, but he wasn't even in the conversation in the number twos last year to to play. So, I think if he wants to be on the field and really wants to help, I think his best place to help this team is at corner. Well, perfect example out on the practice field on Tuesday. Darnell Wright standing there. I'm standing there talking to Darnell. 
and Joe Mincy kind of comes over and he's kind of just, you can tell he's frustrated that he's having to play on the right side. Right. I mean, he's a left tackle and Darnell's like, man, you got to get over that. You know, like I moved to right. Look at me. And that's exactly what he told him. So you got, you got to get over that. Do you want to play or do you want to watch? And, and it's as simple as that, right? Like, you know, everybody, I think everybody, especially in the program has a belief that Gerald Mincy is one of the top two talented tackles on the roster, but it's about buy-in. It's about consistency and, and the little things. And again, can he do that? So it's very similar to then Nico Slaughter, like Hubs is saying, you know, for some of these kids, they kind of get caught up in like thinking about something versus just like, do you want to play or do you want to watch? Play, I mean, watch as, as the backup. Makes no sense. I feel like you could just show Danico that Kentucky film and just say, look how, you know, you were just helping out in this instance, how, how much he flashed in that game, how good he looked in that game. If he's just helping out there, imagine if you're dedicated full time to this position and what your kind of top end could be. I mean, that's what I would, I'd be showing him that film thing. This is how good he looked here and just helping out. Imagine what it could be if this was, you know, your full time thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, he made mistakes. He was not as consistent as everybody, but he was he he made he was not as I, I, he was not as consistent as he'd want to be, of course, because I mean he made he wasn't perfect. He made more plays at cornerback, and he did more things at cornerback, more so than anybody else that played that position last year. I mean, it was it was just night and day. So. Hunt the ball. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he went he went and hunt down the ball, and he went and got the ball, and he went and knocked the ball loose, and he made plays, and uh, he he wasn't scared out there. Um, if something if something bad happened, he just you know, let, let it go over his head. So, um, yeah, I, I'm excited to see what he looks like at secondary. Excited to see what he looks like at cornerback as the spring goes on. Spring football practice for Tennessee football, Tennessee basketball in the Sweet 16. That is coming up tonight against FAU. The madness, it's well underway. It's time for you to shoot your shot. Score big with the nonstop action at my bookie. Whether you're filling in multiple brackets or betting on the eventual national championship winner or simply looking for a player or game props, my bookie has got you covered. Getting started with MyBookie is super simple. Visit the website online, make your first deposit, use that promo code VOLQUEST, promo code VOLQUEST to claim an an exclusive deposit bonus. That's promo code VOLQUEST to claim some extra money on top of your initial deposit. With hundreds of thousands of prizes in March Madness and weekly blackjack tournaments, you can turn game day into payday with MyBookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere, with my bookie, and as always, a big time shout out to the proud title sponsors of the VolQuest podcast. That is Exterior Home Solutions. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we got a couple more questions to get into here on this Thursday. Athron's got a couple. Um, 
Austin, initial thoughts on some newcomers. You don't have to go through all of them, but a couple of newcomers that stood out. I think we can all agree, Aaron Carter, Ethan Davis, Dante Thornton, they all look good. Yeah, I, I, I like Jeremiah T. Lander, too. I mean, I, I you know, I really do. Jordan Matthews, Ricky Gibson. You know, I had a chance to uh, tape and sit down with the Herring Brothers for Volcom Confidential um, this week, uh, for next week. And um, the one guy that they just talk about as far as testing and athleticism and freakish athleticism and leaping ability and speed is Ricky Gibson. I mean, they just rave about this kid. So again, doesn't equate to playing time because you still have to be able to handle it mentally um, as far as picking up the defense, but clearly he, he's athletically all that and then some. And so I just go back to the last two defensive classes. That's what stands out to me, but I, I'm impressed by, by some of these young defenders um, Nathan Laycock, I think will be really good over time. You know, uh, I just think, you know, because they play such a short rotation, it'll be harder to, to get on the field. And then, you know, John Campbell, a solid looking player. Um, you know, I, not as big as I thought he would be, but, uh, you know, you just hope that he can, uh, again, lock down that one side. You know, your mind sometimes plays tricks on you. He's out there wearing 75 and I swear he looks like Jerome Carpin from a body makeup. Yeah. He's, he's not as big as I thought he was either, but. Yeah, he's, he's looked okay the first two days. Uh, Hubs, initial thoughts on some returning players. Any Anybody look bigger in terms of the eye test maybe? Yeah, I mean, I like where Jalen Wright's at physically. I, I think his body's gotten bigger. Um, I, I think I think Jacob Warren's actually added a little bit of weight too. He looks a little more physical than, than what, we've, what we've seen. Now, how does that translate when they go into pads? Right. You know, we'll see. I mean, in this day and age, nobody's coming in bad body, right? I mean – Better hope not. <laughs> again, you're waiting for that coach to go, man uh, – we just had a terrible seven weeks in the winter. I mean, we just didn't get anything done in the weight room. We're all fat, sloppy, overweight, and lost muscle mass. You know, I mean, I, I mean, I think everybody's on a progression. You know, I, I do. I, I don't, but I don't know that there's any one guy that you go, "Wow, he's suddenly huge" or anything like that. But this is a better looking football team than they were last spring, and certainly a better looking football team than they were in spring one. Spring practice underway. Who has and who will be some of the bigger names to come through and watch some practice over the next couple of days to week? Well, you know, you look at this weekend. I mean, Tennessee's got several guys coming in uh, Saturday and then the following Saturday. Um, but, you know, getting Merklinger back in here is big, you know, because, you know, he is he is Tennessee's, I think, number one quarterback in 24. Um, you know, Cutter Bowley, you know, was just here. He's a 25, but, you know, could also be a 24, you know, and, and I think that, you know, that could change some things if he decided to get bumped up. But, you know, the, the whole notion is he's going to stay in 25. Cam Fountain will be here this weekend. Tennessee's got, uh, you know, Iggy coming back in, um, you know, from from up in Baltimore. Um, you know, it's, yeah, the big, the big, the big DB. That, that's one Tennessee's trying to continue to be a major player with. Um Daniel Hill still doesn't have anything set up, continues to act like he wants to come in, but he's not he's not been anywhere, the running back from Mississippi. Um, he's not been anywhere else. Um, you know, will Ryan Wingo make it back in? It just doesn't feel like he's going to make it back in this spring, but I don't know if he's going to take many more trips. He told me on the phone this week, I'm just trying to go to places I've not been. He had not been to Georgia. He got, you know, he went to Georgia. He came out of there talking about taking an official visit to Georgia. That's a good job by Georgia capitalizing on a good weekend and kind of putting a little bit of pressure on him to, you know, lock in a, an OV before he leaves, you know, and nothing more, nothing less. I mean, that's how that stuff works. Um, you know, 
do I think Tennessee will get a visit? I do, but you can't, you know, you can't lock it in because he's not locked it in. And, you know, Tennessee wants to get Camarion Franklin back to town. Uh, you know, they've got Amari Jefferson coming in this weekend. That's a big one. Uh, wide receiver from, from Chattanooga Baylor, Boo Carter's coming back in this weekend. Um, you know, getting Edwin Spillman back up here again. He's not on any kind of fast track. It's going to be June or July for Edwin Spillman. And that's one of those that, you know, again, the start of February, I would have told you that he's coming off the board in March or April. But yet he's uh, pretty – determined to take that Ohio State official visit. And, uh, you know, they just want to get as many players in as they can over the next few weeks. And uh, it includes the tight ends like Jaden Riddell, getting Jonathan Eccles back in here. Uh, Dylan Hip's already been in. Um, So, you know, all those positions are important. Who do you see winning the East region this weekend? Grant Vols have uh, looks like it's got a good draw of the teams remaining. Who do I see winning it? Uh, Vegas sees Tennessee winning it. I think Vegas is, has Tennessee as the favorite uh, out of this region, of course. At the same time, as soon as you start looking at something and thinking, man, look how the brackets opened up for us, or here's, here's the path, it's Mark like you get, get punched you. in the mouth. <laughs> right, and you're sent home as soon as you start thinking that. Now, Tennessee should beat FAU in theory uh, based on you know what they have and whatever, talent-wise, skill-wise, roster-wise. Um, if you do advance, Kansas State – Obviously, gave Kentucky, you know, Kentucky threw as many punches at Kansas State as it could on Sunday, and Kansas State just stood there and took them, and in the final five minutes, they took over that game, and Tennessee obviously played Kentucky twice, and uh, they could not handle Kentucky at all, so Kansas State's going to be a tough matchup, especially with Keontae Johnson, especially with that uh, New York point guard, his name escapes me right now, Kansas State has the guy that's going off against Kentucky on Sunday, and then Michigan State, nobody expects Michigan State to be here, nobody expects Michigan State to be in the Elite Eight. But it's Tom Izzo. It's March. This is what he does. Um, so I think Tennessee can and should get to the Elite Eight. But I don't know if there's any better matchup in terms of who you want. Because you probably want Michigan State roster-wise. But you don't want any part of Tom Izzo. Because this is what he does is win tournament games. And if you get Kansas State, you get Jerome Tang. He came from the Baylor staff. He helped Baylor win national championship. He's a really, really good coach. He's got Kansas State here in his first year. He's got talent. They can do it on both ends. Uh, so I don't, I don't know if there's any better matchup, but uh, I think Tennessee should win this thing, but Tennessee's never been to a final four, so should doesn't really matter. Rocky Top T says, what do you think about Olivier Cumwan now after that game? Not saying he scores 27, but at least get to some double digits. He's been known to disappear after a good game. Your thoughts on that? What should What should we expect from Olivier? I mean, you can't expect 27 every night, but you can't disappear. You got to do something. You got to be productive. You got to be, you know, 10 and 5, 12 and 7. Well, yeah, whatever. Something like that. It's, it's got to be something where you make your presence known. You're comfortable. You're confident. You're you're executing. You're, you're making an impact on the game. Now, they need more from Josiah Jordan James. They need Santiago Vescovi to do his thing. They need some other role players to contribute. When you do get that 27 Olivier out of his mind, like Texas and like Duke, they can beat any team in the country. But you're just not going to get that night in and night out. We haven't seen consistency from this team in who knows how long. They haven't won three games in a row since probably January. I think that Texas game was the last time they won three games in a row. So, based on what we've seen, you're probably not going to get that, but you got to get something from that guy. Grant, I think, I think he has to be careful, Grant, not to fall in love with the with the perimeter jumper, with the three-point shot. Right. I mean, I think he's got to do his work in the paint. Austin, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to jump in front of you there, but I think that's the one concern coming off a big game that I have with Olivier in this one t- tonight. I, I was going to say, I, 
However, I thought, I, or at least I, I think the key tonight, because it's going to be natural for him to want to hit those 12 and 14 footers. He's, he's so good at it. But his ability to pass the basketball from the elbow when they folk, when the defense shifts to him, to me, could be a huge key in this game. And you could end up with, you know, if, if they all rotate towards him, open looks for along the three-point line for other guys or a guy like Jonas Adu getting to the rim, um, you know, through passes from, from Olivier. All right, one more from Rocky Top T here. Over under two and a half players we have transfer after spring practice. I think it'll be a couple. What do you guys think? Oh, that's a that's a good one. That's, that's a good. We're so early in spring though; this could change, you know. Yeah, that's a good over under too. I mean, I would. That's a good hard number because I think you're probably looking at a couple. Do you get to three? I mean, that's. I'm going to take the over. I'm going to take the over. Just, but not not that I know anything. I'm going to take the over based on what we're seeing out of the port out of portal life. And what this is the first time with this with of. this window schedule, so I'll take the over as well. I put a percentage chance on it. Percentage chance. That's what the people want. <laughs> I know nothing. Much like the question about the TV characters, I know nothing. <laughs> All right, let's go to Vulcan. Question about basketball recruiting: Is JP Australia a stretch four, or can he play the five spot and extend the defense, and also do a little rim protection? I think he'll be a five eventually. Um, he is a he's got guard skills because he was a guy that was probably six four two years ago and suddenly he's six eleven. But this Tennessee coaching staff does believe that they can get him to around 240, 245 pounds. So they can make him into a center based on how his body changes when he gets to Tennessee. He's already a big kid. He's not some six eleven, one ninety. He's more like a six eleven, two fifteen, two twenty. Um, so he's more of that stretch four right now, but I think five is something that, that could be in his future depending on how he develops physically. Similar question for Cade Phillips, who um, is he a four who can also play a three, or would he struggle defensively at the three spot? I think he's more of a four right now. I, I, I don't know about him in the three role. I think they like him a lot, and they like his upside. I think his development is going to be a little bit more slow play. And I don't know if he'll redshirt, but I think he's a guy that they'll take their time with. They like what they have in him, but I think he's more of a for sure. All right, let's go to VA Vol 20. I saw Jordan Marshall committed to Michigan. He was at the top outside of Jared Gibson of our running back board for a while. What happened with that recruitment? Did we cool on him, turn our attention elsewhere? What happened? Well, you know, I put in the war room last week. There's a couple of guys that have really risen, uh, you know, up the board for Tennessee in the in the running back recruitment. You know, we'll start with, you know, Braylon Russell, who is currently on a cruise uh, somewhere. Um, but, you know, he, he is – he's one that's kind of, you know, risen up the board for Tennessee. Um, Peyton Lewis is another guy that, you know, has risen up the board for Tennessee. And then the third guy, and he'll be here this weekend, is Chauncey Bowens, um, who is committed to Florida. He's from Florida. But, you know, he's one that Tennessee um, – has you know peaked you know peaked the interest of and you know and will be here this weekend. So you look at those. They need to get Daniel Hill to campus, but it's still uh, you know that's not a commitment siren. Um, <laughs> uh, you know uh, you know ultimately um, you know Tennessee just needs to get Braylon Russell here. Bowens is coming in. They need to get Daniel Hill here, and, and then you know again Peyton Lewis. They need to get him back. Um, but I mean I understand the like 
the frustration on the running back recruiting because it, it it has seemed a bit odd. But again, you know, if Cam Seldon ends up being a dude, then the running back recruiting was, you know, pretty good in 2023, right? I mean, it, it, it's 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 all perspective after the fact. All right, let's go to Sam Smith, 2233. We'll get a couple more here before we call it quits. Um, Kane, what is the reasonable expectation to have for this baseball team? Brent, I mean, I think it's still I think it's still so early, right? And they looked, again, I wrote about it, and we don't have to dwell on it, but it looked really, really bad, <laughs> to put it bluntly, um, at Missouri. But it's still so early. I'm intrigued to see how they respond this weekend against Texas A&M. Um, I think this is about as, as, as close to a, a must-win as you can get in terms of a serious victory because look at what's coming up on the schedule. I mean, you're going to Baton Rouge the following weekend. You know, Fateful contest or Fateful series is right around the corner. You've got home series against Florida and Vanderbilt coming up. And and then when the schedule gets a little lighter, you're going to end with South Carolina, which is fantastic this year. So it's still so early. I, I, again, no reason to panic. I still think this team can host a regional, but they got to turn some things around in a hurry. Um, that is for sure. So – um, still a little bit too early, but I think we'll know even more after this weekend against A&M. Yeah, I'm fascinated to see the way they play this weekend. Do they play tight? Do they play like a team playing with a lot of pressure on them because it's their first home series and they're trying to oh, you know, correct a, a sweep, an unexpected sweep at Missouri? Um, how, how do they play? Do they do they play loose? Do they play tight? And then that's going to be fascinating to watch with this team. And again, what, where are we are on the center fielder? Where are we on the outfield? I mean, two game, two two games in the past four. Christian Scott's been your center fielder simply because Tennessee needs somebody with a glove out there, and he actually hit during the midweek. He'll run into some. So, a lot of questions for sure. But big time series coming up this weekend against A and M. Uh, he's got another question on Tennessee. If it is Tennessee, Michigan State, Grant in the Elite Eight, is there any anything either team could get out of the scouts of that scrimmage they had in preseason? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's familiarity. It, it, it was October. This is, we're talking before Halloween when these two teams met. And, you know, they obviously like very different basketball teams, you know, that long ago. Uh, but just the familiarity of the personnel, knowing who you're facing, having a scout from that, that you know, exhibition. Uh, and Tennessee uh, won the exhibition, or I guess closed door scrimmage or whatever, whatever it's made. So I think for sure both teams would be able to get something out of that just because of the familiarity of the personnel, the scout, all that stuff, having that experience. When, when, when asked, what do they remember about that, Michigan State said, we just remember it smelling like cigar smoke because that's how long ago it was. <laughs> yes, exactly. Let's go to Dirt Diggler. Um, do you all think the outcome of this tournament will factor in any decision for any of those seniors with an extra year of eligibility to come back or leave next year? It's a, it's a pretty good question, actually. Uh, I think it depends on how far the run goes. Um, Sweet 16 is a pretty good start to a run. Um, if you lengthen it out a little bit, if you go to an Elite Eight, if, uh, I don't know what happens beyond that. Um, I think it could change things. If you're done in the first round and you're upset by Louisiana and, and maybe you felt like, you know, you, you had a missed opportunity, maybe you consider coming back. I felt like this team took care of business in the first weekend. And it just kind of depends on what happens from here. If you go on a very special run, then maybe that gives you less reason to think about coming back because of how special your career ended. So I think it just depends on how far this run goes. Now that they've reached the 16. Here's a question. Do you think, like, you know, let's face it, like some of the guys he's talking about are not really NBA guys. They are overseas guys. Do you think that you talk to someone like your guy Fulkerson and say, hey, 
knowing what you know, having played a year overseas now, is it beneficial to go ahead and come overseas or should I stay at Tennessee for another year and, and, and give it another go? Is, is that a question you think that they would even entertain asking Folky? Uh, you know, cause I mean, I think that's a good, uh, a good point of reference for some of these guys. I think you should. I think it's, that's just part of the due diligence when you're making this kind of a decision. Obviously, it's a different landscape and, and you can get money now and, and you're not turning down money by coming back to school. Um, you're still going to be taken care of to that extent. Um, but it's also a little bit different with Santi, uh, with Olivier, two international players. So, you know, they're probably more comfortable overseas than they are uh, John Fulkerson, Mr. East Tennessee, living in Belgium and, and trying to figure out what a Belgian waffle is. And no pals over stuff. there. But no pals over there, but he's, uh, yeah, I'm sure there's something he can find to eat over there. But, yeah, I would 100% ask Luffy his experience um, in what he's thinking. How's life over there? The level of competition, because um, these guys, yeah, they're going to play somewhere. They're going to get paid somewhere. And if, if you have points of reference, you better execute and lean on all of those points of reference to figure out what's best for you moving forward. We'll do two more. One more hoops. One more football. CN thirty one's got them both. Uh, we'll we'll do basketball here with Grant. What what kind of player is DJ Jefferson uh, going to be if he's here if he's here next year? I get hesitant with Barnes red shirts as they tend not to stick around. Yeah, I mean, that's for good reason to be hesitant because of the red shirt history. But DJ seems like a guy that's 100% happy to be here. Uh, he's he's probably – and we just see him on the bench and we just see him in pregame. He 100% has the most personality on this basketball team. It looks like he's always having fun and enjoying himself. And he tweeted one time about, you know, he misphrased and everybody thought he was going to transfer. I don't think that's the case. I think he's good. As far as I know, that he'll be here again next year. He's an explosive, explosive player. If you watch him in the pregame dunk lines, you can see that um, he's a wing. He's a guy that can shoot it from what we've seen in practice and what we see in pregame and, and what we see when uh, we're just kind of in the shoot-around setting and he's putting shots up. So I think he's an ultra-athletic wing. I think he's a guy that they got late in the process that they really like. They really like his upside. Uh, I don't expect him at this point to be going anywhere. I think he'll be a guy that can contribute next year uh, and be that guy that's explosive. They can get to the rim uh, and they can hit shots for you. Last one, Arian Carter looks like a veteran in his interview, not like a freshman. Some dudes you just look at, and they have it. Does Carter give you those vibes? Feel like we're about to see a star in the making. I 100%. And again, that's the first. I talk, We talked to him a lot in the recruiting process, and I kind of got it then. But first time in front of a podium, microphone, thought he killed it. Um, he looked really good in the practice we got to see 10 periods of yesterday. You know, I'll, I'll get those vibes. I mean, he... he Justin Williams Thomas, of course, it didn't pan out here, but he kind of gave you those vibes in terms of how we approach things speaking wise. Um, but Carter, I think, is going to do it on the field as well. Well, he, he's clearly, he's clearly, you know, someone who's caught the attention of the coaches. Um, caught him as a recruit, caught him since he's been here, even going back to bowl practice with his ability to, you know, have some twitch to him at the linebacker spot. He's smart hubs. Super smart, and we had a chance to spend a lot of time with him that day that he he committed to Tennessee and and everything. And and I just feel like you know he's kind of driven. Like a lot of kids come in and they hope to play. It's not that he expects to play; he's just going to work him what his way into playing. Like that's his mindset. I'm just going to go out and work, and, and 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 he believes that his work will outdo everybody else. I'm a, I'm going to tell you this too from a maturity standpoint, what he went through this past fall 
not many kids go through. And for him to be able to handle just blowing up on the scene the way he did, I thought he handled his his recruitment with a lot of maturity. Uh, how he went about the process, how he handled people, how he talked to people, how he dealt dealt with things. Um, I think that says a lot about where he's at from a maturity standpoint. I think that came across when he stood at the microphone. He's obviously got to go earn it on the field, and athletically he has a ton of talent. But there, there's nothing – nothing yesterday gave you the vibe when you watch him pick off a pass from Joe Milton across the middle and then you hear him at the podium to suggest that the guy's not got a chance to be a very good player who can be the face of your program or the face of your defense before his career is over at Tennessee. A lot going on on the banks of the Tennessee River here with spring practice, but in the Big Apple, you got Tennessee and FAU coming up later tonight. Grant, last you get the last word, man. What's uh, what's it like up there in New York so far with the team, and and kind of what's the mindset heading into this Sweet Sixteen matchup? I think it's a good thing for Tennessee that they've been up here. They were up here in uh, December in Brooklyn. They were up here last year uh, for the Jimmy B Classic. They played Texas Tech. Uh, at Madison Square Garden. Um, Rick's brought a bunch of teams up here in the short time that he's been in Tennessee. So I think getting up here before the novelty kind of wears off a little bit, you're here to just kind of focus on basketball. When you come up here in December for those kind of, you know, one-off neutral site stuff, you get a you get a night to sightsee or do whatever you want uh, the, in terms of the players and the coaches and staff. So that's worn off, and I, I think you just get here and you focus on doing whatever you got to do to win a basketball game and, and to keep going on. Uh, Florida Atlantic, you know, obviously it's not a number one seed. It's not Purdue. Tennessee's going to have to bring the same intensity, the same edge, the same aggressiveness that you bring against the Duke, the same underdog mentality, the same chip on your shoulder kind of thing, uh, and keep this season going. Uh, nobody really expected Tennessee to be here. Here they are. Uh, how long can you keep it going? The best – Tennessee Volunteers basketball coverage out there. That is at uh, VolQuest.com. And Grant Ramey, Rob Lewis, doing a fantastic job. Have all season long on location in the Big Apple, New York City. Tennessee. Hey, I was going to say, before that one. I wasn't sure if that was made it sound or not, though. I, that, 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 I, 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 I was going to say, before that one, it was 2-2. Two, two, two sirens here in my hood, two in New York. But Grant wins because that one was not here. So. Oh, that was not mine. That was not mine. It was me, man. It was my phone. What? Yeah. What's going on over there? <laughs> that was fabricated. Hey, we, oh. we've, got, we've got sound effects from Austin Price, and we have a – is that an Eric Kane bobblehead wedding gift behind you there? Do you have your own bobblehead? So my wife knows my love of bobbleheads, and she got this made. If you're watching on YouTube for our wedding, that does not look like our dog. He looks more scarier and awesome in person, but that's us. What? It was a wedding cake topper. I know Austin didn't know because he he had to he had to you know leave and go get a fancy dinner because I wasn't I wasn't fancy enough to feed him at the wedding. But this is true. What? Hey, had you not been carrying in barbecue and potato <laughs> salad literally right before your 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 now wife walked down the aisle, then I probably would have ate there. But it was it was a bit I was a bit beside myself when eleven bucks ahead, baby. That's why I did it. Balling on a budget. And uh, you can do that as well. What a great deal at VolQuest.com right now. Brent Hubs, we got a great deal for new subscribers, don't we? Yeah, absolutely we do. It's a great time to check us out. Tons of coverage going on. Um, you, you won't find a better place for, for news and information, whether it's football, whether it's basketball, uh, baseball, whatever. We, we've got it covered for you. So uh, you can go to the side, front of the side if you're not a subscriber. Click at the top in the little green box, and we'll get you taken care of. And I promise you won't be disappointed by what you see at VolQuest.com.
$10 for four months. That is our spring ball special. $10 for four months. Take advantage of it right now. Spring football, Tennessee in the Sweet 16, and maybe even more. And, of course, recruiting coverage every single day. For Austin Price, Grant Ramey, and uh, Brent Hubbs, I'm Eric Kane. Rob Lewis isn't here, but I was about to tell him in the rundown. He helps us out, too. As does Exterior Home Solutions. <laughs> Could not do this without our friends, Exterior Home Solutions. Go to their website, ExteriorHomeSolutions.com. Check out what they do, all right? And, and when the time comes when you need some upgrades on your home, when a storm comes, siding, roof, windows, whatever it is, you know who to call. It is Exterior Home Solutions. Free estimate, 865-524-5888. Again, for the crew, I'm Eric Kane. A lot going on. Tennessee in the Sweet 16 tonight. Stay up to date at VolQuest.com for all that coverage and more. This has been the VolQuest Mailbag Podcast. You've been listening to the VolQuest Mailbag Podcast every week right here on VolQuest. Quest.